Well, episode 42, here we go. Uh, I, I wanted to uh, discuss something before our next guest comes on. Uh, this guest is a Super Bowl champ, 17-year career in the NFL, um, and man, he's just awesome. I got to, I got to uh, hang with him. He, he opened up his doors and let me stay at his house in Georgia when I was there for uh, my Sandlot tour. He had um, he'd seen my work on the social medias. Uh, he's uh, deep into the social media world himself. We'll we'll discuss that with him of how he's uh, he's he's rocking and rolling uh, on TikTok. But it's Brad Johnson, number fourteen, and uh, I mean he played with the Vikings, played with Washington, won a Super Bowl with the Bucks, played with the Cowboys, uh, two time Pro Bowler. Uh, I mean. Uh, pretty much a household name uh, if 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 you're an athlete if you follow any type of football and he uh, he's got two boys that are playing college football right now so uh, lots to discuss with him as far as those teams he played on his coaches uh, life lessons he learned and then you know coaching his kids that's pretty much what he's done since he's retired is coach his kids so he he's very passionate about the next generation and coaching and. Uh, can't wait to hear what he has to say, a Super Bowl champ, you know, and, and, and something that'll give these coaches and listeners resources. Uh, we've got six Patreon supporters uh, right now. You know who you are. We gave you a shout out uh, in the previous episodes. But uh, before Big Bad Brad comes on, we had our worldwide movie premiere of Rally Caps this past weekend in Indiana. And man, it was great. It was so great. Uh, to see everybody again, you know, last September, we went up to upstate New York and uh, we shot this uh, cute film and uh, me and Mrs. Ballgame got to walk the red carpet and uh, the, the, the game plan is pretty simple. The game plan is pretty simple. We're going to go to these. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, our guest is here and he's just kissed both biceps. Um <laughs> uh big bad brad uh you the man i i was just telling the listener we're uh we're we were talking about this movie premiere i got and i can't wait for you to see it you'll you'll love it everybody will, will love seeing it because uh this writer and director basically wrote a movie uh, and he put coach ball game in it he just wrote me into the movie and he said be you and uh you know i feel like i've been a i've just been doing method acting for the past 20 years for this film but uh <laughs> Uh, man, that, that was a highlight and listeners, as soon as we get a streamer to pick it up, maybe Disney plus or Netflix, whoever we'll let you know, and, and you can watch it. But, uh, uh, that that's rally caps. Let me give our guest a formal introduction. He goes by the nickname, big, bad, Brad, uh, 17 year career in the NFL, uh, Vikings, Washington, the bucks, the Cowboys even played in London for the monarchs. Super Bowl champ with Tampa in 2002, two-time Pro Bowler, um, and and really has just become uh, one of my favorite guys to follow on TikTok, and and one of my favorite mentors. I just love reaching out to you and, and having good talks with you because you've you've been there, done that, and uh, can't wait to unpack your career and and what you're doing now, and and even talk about your boys who are playing football in college now. Uh, but listener, let's just give 
Brad Johnson some snaps and uh, oh, and a big snap. a big attaboy on three one two three attaboy, attaboy. Uh, uh, big bad Brad meet Chopper this is Coach Chop uh, you know he's he's been doing his thing in the MLB uh, hitting fungos and throwing batting practice and being just being a fountain for major league players for the past decade and now he's coaching high school ball in Arizona but uh, uh, it's a pleasure to introduce you too man. Yeah, no, I appreciate Coach Ballgame. Hey, Chopper. How you doing, man? This What's is, up? This hey, is great, awesome. Great to see you. Yeah, great to have yeah. you, man. I can't wait to unpack everything you've been through, man. You're, you're the best, so it's, it's going to be yeah. great. Yeah, we'll always like here. to be with great company. Oh, man, and and we we had some great company in Georgia. You were nice enough to, to say, hey, when you come into my town and you're going to do a sandlot, uh, you're staying with me. I'm going to take you to Chick-fil-A every morning for breakfast. <laughs> I'm going to take you to Waffle House every night for dinner. And, uh, and we're going to have some fun. And, and you, you took me golfing at the Georgia club. And, and I must say, we did not lose that day. Did we? We did not. Your game is strong. It's consistently, you played a lot of golf, you know, where the ball's going, you know, what you're going to score. And you bring some excitement. So uh had a great time though, man. I, I really obviously when I found you on TikTok and Instagram and all that kind of stuff, I just like I jumped on your bandwagon quick. When you see when you see someone um that cares, see someone that brings uh excitement, see one that wants to coach and teach and develop people. And I always say uh, try to encourage someone besides yourself. And um, you're not afraid to wear the blue jean shorts, you're not afraid to wear the crazy hat. So uh <laughs> Love all of it. It's really, I've really enjoyed, uh, obviously I loved having you at the house. It's like, here's the hero of my house. It was really pretty cool that you spent, you know, spent a little time with us and, and uh, but it's been fun to keep up with you. I'm going to pile on that coach ballgame. I'm going to pile on that, uh, Brad. That's, that's how we met as well. My wife found coach ballgame on TikTok or Instagram and, uh, and just signed my son up for a baseball camp. And I'm a baseball coach. I've been running baseball camp for like 25 years. So I'm like, all right, that's random, but okay, cool. So I show up on an off day and, uh, and I get to see coach ball game and I'm instantly like just in awe of who he is and what he brings and the energy. So like, I felt the same way you felt when you saw him for the first time, coach ball game. We love you, man, man, yep. you guys, uh, I have said it many times on this podcast. You're speaking my love language with the words of affirmation and, and I, it's clear as day. Uh, uh obviously, for you, Chopper and uh, Big Bad Brad, you guys, you're coaches at heart. I mean, you were players. You played a long time, but it, when you when you're around somebody who is so passionate about the next generation of of sports, man, it 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 it's just like a a it flows. This conversation is going to flow uh, so smooth, and uh, I'm just going to sit back and and listen to you guys because uh, you you guys inspire me big time. But I um. I do want to unpack the playing career of Brad Johnson because it's a lengthy one. And I mean, it, there it's, it's hard to find somebody who's played against the likes of Dan Marino and, and played for guys like Tony Dungy and, and, and been the backup QB for guys like Warren moon. And uh, the, the amount of, of life experience you had as a player is amazing, but I, I want to start as a coach. Once you retired, uh, you, you had these two boys and, and kind of yep. walk me through uh, once, once it was time to, time to hang them up. Why'd you go into uh, uh, coaching full board? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a great question. When I got done with football, played 17 years, five years in college. That's 22 years of college and pro football. I played, uh, I grew up playing basketball since I was like, I never missed a day of basketball when I was from second grade all the way through my freshman year of college, played two years of basketball at Florida State. And I love sports. I was thankful for my parents. Um, my dad was my coach uh, growing up as a kid, coached me in all my sports, baseball, basketball, football. My mom was a PE teacher, became a guidance counselor and later assistant principal. And we had keys to every gym. And they, they started up all these basketball leagues. We didn't have a basketball league in our hometown. They started it from scratch and just kind of provided everything for me. And so when I got done with my career, I was 40 years old. And I remember, honestly, there was a, uh, I was at a high school reunion. I was, a, I was a senior class president. Imagine that, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> Not hard to believe. <laughs> yeah. So, but one of the girls there, she says, Brad, you've had, you're 40 years old and you know, you've had a great 40 years, but what are you going to do the next 40 years of your life? I'm like, okay, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> she put me on spot. You know what I mean? So you just can't sit up with your feet up, but, but it was really interesting. I got busy coaching kids and I didn't, for me, to be honest with you, I didn't want to coach college or pro football. I didn't want to get into telecasting. I really wanted to be with my family. Number one, I want to coach my kids. Both my sons are athletic kids are playing football at Texas A&M now. And my wife, she played volleyball in college at South Florida. And so athletic family, but I really wanted to coach my kids. And I, I coached youth football. I coached middle school football, coached high school football, would help out any kind of quarterbacks on the side. And I love helping kids. And to be honest with you, one of the greatest things that happened to me, honestly, in 1989, I was at a basketball camp in, up in Grayson, Kentucky. It's called Bob Zeffalotto, Bob Zeffalotto Basketball Camp. And at this camp, a lot of kids came over from, from, uh, from Europe. And so they gave them one day. They took them to Lexington on a bus. And when they, they came back to the mall, from the mall, they bought, a lot of them bought three things. They bought Levi jeans because they didn't have blue jeans. They bought these things called Nikes, Nike shoes, okay? <laughs> like that was right when they came out, Nikes. <laughs> and, then, and, and then they bought a football. And I saw these two guys from, from, from Europe trying to throw this football, and they were throwing it in the back like, like a shot put. Oh, oh, this ball was going like 10 yards. I'm like, I said, let me see that thing. Let me see that ball. <laughs> so I grabbed it. You know, obviously, it just I love to feel the ball in my hand, and I threw it about – 50 yards or whatever it may be. And, and they were like, whoa, <laughs> do it again, do it again. Whoa. And so you saw the excitement of somebody that learned something new. And for me, I love coaching kids and helping them, you know, kind of become better than what they were before. That's right, man. Well, that's so good that, whoa, I, when a kid hits a ball, a lot of times for the first time, I'm sitting on that drum throwing batting practice and they hit it and they're, they're running the bases. I look right at their face right after they hit it because it lights up, man. I, I don't even need to turn around and see if the shortstop made the play. I want to look at their face and just experience that, that joy that they're feeling because they're, they're completely present in that moment. They're so focused on how good they just hit it and, and how fun the act of running to first base is. So, uh, joining in with somebody who, who's experiencing it for the first time we feel it as parents all the time and 
Um, I said it on the last podcast. We just surprised our girls. We're going to Hawaii for dad's 40th birthdays and whoa, we're going to Hawaii. <laughs> you know, it, uh, it's really fun to, 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 to see that face light up. So, uh, right on big, bad Brad, I'll, I'll throw it over to chopper. What do you got for the man? I got something for you, uh, that I think is important. Um, cause usually especially with a, you know, NFL career, super long career with a lot of success. There's that ego or that, like, I want to go into telecast or I want to be a professional coach, but why did you choose the selfless act of, Hey, I want to go into youth and I want to go, not just cause your family, I get that. I'm just, I have four boys and that's why I'm done with, with major league baseball is literally my wife said, Hey, I need help raising these babies. And uh, it's like, yes, ma'am, let's go. So, um, but where does that come from? Is that from your parents? Is that just that, na- that nature in you of getting the joy from seeing others succeed and seeing that the European, whoa, like why yeah. does that spark like that, that light in you? Yeah. I, I, it kind of goes back to my parents, what I was saying before. I know the investment they made into me by starting up the leagues or just honestly, just throwing baseballs in the backyard or retrieving a basketball for me or playing horse or, taking me to a game or just those kind of just conversations, the things that took in the backyard were like, those are great learning experiences for me. And I did, you know, honestly, like I think about all the little games that I played with my dad, like we played football in the, in the, in the living room and you're trying to get first downs across the couch. And somehow I'd always win when I was little, but he'd make it tough on me, you know, but, and really when through my 17 year career, I, I think I had my time. My family, they chased me from town to town, all the training camps, all the games, the ups and downs, the toughness of it. I, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to go be a coach and get fired in the college or pro. I, I'd already had my moments as far as for Big Bad Brad. I just, I think it was time just to be with my family. One, and I love my family. I like them and I love them, you know, <laughs> and I want to be with my kids. And, but then also want to impact the, the, their friends too, not just my kids. And to see the greatness of all those kids kind of grow up together. And, and we probably go into it later, but, you know, for me, I always made, it was different than the pros because everything was on first name basis in the NFL. Uh, in college, it was, you know, it's by last name, Coach Bowden is my last name. But the pros, everything is by first name. If you said Coach Green, they say player, player Johnson. So everything's first name basis. Yeah. And, and so I always made the kids, and I wouldn't say this for every coach, but I always made them call me by my first name, Coach Brad. It was never Brad. It was Coach Brad. And even to this day, when I see those kids now, um, it's Coach Brad. It still is to this day. And I, I think for me, coaching kids, whether the ability level, you could tell maybe this kid's going to be a, an elite kid or this kid just how to hold a bat or how to throw a football or how to get in the stance. Like, I made a point to coach every kid and give him a chance to make feel like he was coached. So one day when he's grown up and he's gone off to college or he can say, you know what, that guy, coach Brad or whoever his coaches, he coached me, even though I wasn't the elite player, he coached me regardless and gave me an opportunity to be the best that I can be. I love it. And that's, that's a big thing with coaches because uh, you're going to have varying talent levels. Right. And, and it's that human nature to gravitate towards the guy. Like, oh, this kid's going to be a stud. Like, I, I got to spend time with him. But for you to have that heart to make everybody feel like a stud, that's a big deal. Um, and, and thank you for doing that. That's huge. And coaches, if you're listening, and I know you are, like, don't just skip past that, that line. That's huge. And that is 
that's coaching the heart. That's coaching the heart. And you never know what that kid's going to amount to. And be, be aware in coach ballgame, you help me with this. Be aware of characteristics you find. That kid that's asking a ton of questions that can be frustrating sometimes as a coach, that kid's curious and he's going to be special and he's going to be, he's going to do something powerful someday because he doesn't just blindly listen. He's, he's curious. And I know it can be, can try your patience a little bit as a coach, but like see it from that lens of like, man, that kid's going to be, he's going to be something because he's, he's, he might be a scientist, but you know, he's asking why that's pretty cool. Coach Fallgame, what do you got? We just had Jan Gomes on and we asked him, you know, who, who's some of the uh, greatest mentors in, in your baseball life. And he brought up Sandy Alomar. Uh, who, uh, yes, he was one of the greatest catchers of all time, and he taught him how to frame a pitch and, and hit a ball. But the reason he's uh, he sticks out to him is he can text him anytime and say, hey, Sandy, uh, how you doing, man? I love you. And Sandy will get right back to him. I love you too, brother. He would just sit down and talk with him uh, in, in, his, in his early days and, and just say, hey, how's life? How's your life? And when I think of a great coach, that – that's the one. And, and you had some tough times. I mean, you had some third string days in college, early in pro ball. Did you have that guy? Did you have that Sandy Alomar that, um, that, that you could lean on in, in those moments to help you stay focused? Yeah. You know, honestly, I was blessed with some great coaches in middle school, high school. I had two, I had a couple great coaches, um, uh, Coach Bill Burroughs was my basketball coach and coach Bruce Arrowwood. And they coached all of, I mean, to this day, like graduate 1987, we could still run the, the man-to-man offense that we ran and the out-of-bounds plays. And I think that's some greatness to that coaching because like some people, you can't remember last year's plays, like what, but it was so instilled into us and that each one of us were part of um, a part of a team. That was really pretty, pretty awesome. Our basketball program. But then, I'm thankful I was a basketball player going through high school and I wanted to play, I want to be like Larry Bird and Chris Mullen, my heroes growing up. And, and obviously my, I played two years of basketball in, in Florida state in college, but I, I actually quit football my senior year. And we had a new, I didn't really have a great experience of playing football. Like we were four and six, five and five. And I'll be honest with you, coach ball game chopper. I led the state of North Carolina in high school football for most interceptions in a career. Okay. <laughs> black, black mountain, baby. Black mountain. I did. And I'm bragging on that, but I had, I had a coach. Uh, we had a new coach my senior year named Kenny Ford. He was a young guy and he taught, he called me and said, Brad, you don't need to miss football. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. You have potential here. And so I missed the first three days of practice. He made me go through the penalty box as far as missing the first three days and doing up downs and all that kind of stuff. But he taught me back into playing. He said, Brad, it's going to be the most fun you've ever had. We're going to be organized. We're going to win. And it's going to be a great team environment. And we did. And I'm thankful for Kenny Ford being that guy that called me back and gave me that confidence of what was going to take place in that year. And then and later on, you know, I got my scholarship to Florida State to play football. Awesome. And, and I mean, you need those guys in your formative years to, to kind of see the potential and, and guide you down the right path. I mean, the reason we started this podcast is because uh, a lot of the opposite is happening. You know, ki- kids are walking away from these games because of a coach. And we've really got to shine a light on that and, and say there's a problem and, and let's become better. Let's become better coaches. As you got into college, uh, you had Coach Bowden and then you get uh, drafted by the Vikings in 1992. Uh, but uh, it, it took you a good decade to really get on top and, and, and get that Super Bowl ring. So, um, 
how did you keep that focus now that we're in we're in professional football yep. uh it, and uh and and it, it's the highest level and it's the biggest names it's the elways and it's the uh aikmans and and it's the marinos uh when when you weren't starting uh which was uh most of that that first run with the vikings how'd you how'd you stay focused what did you do did you have mental games to keep you keep you uh in line yeah i um i was fortunate enough when i was at florida state um listen i got benched my junior and senior year. Okay. And, uh, actually the guy that benched me, my brother-in-law now, <laughs> Martin Rick. <laughs> so it's funny. He, he benches me and then hooks me up with his sister later on. But you know, when it happened, it was, it was probably for the right reasons, to be honest with you. And I still had so much respect for the coaches because of the process that took place. And maybe I wasn't, maybe it wasn't my time. Okay. And I got, you gotta be real with yourself. Number one, maybe it wasn't my time. But I ran into a guy, his name was Alex Serranos. We're still friends this day. He's from Chile. And I remember I, I used to jump rope for 36 minutes a day. I'd swim, I'd go run four or five miles. And I did all these kind of workouts. I remember I was jumping rope one day by the pool at the dorm. And he said, Brad, what are you doing? And uh, I said, I'm training. He said, training for what? I said, well, he said, I think you're training to be a triathlete, not a quarterback. And it kind of woke me up. He said, come train with me. So we started doing medicine balls. We started doing sandplot metrics. Um, a lot of, we read a lot of different books, how to control your breathing, how to, how to dial into the moment, those kind of things. And so Alex, he was a dorm manager. He's actually got his, his master's and he got his uh, doctorate in sports psychology. And I didn't know it at the time, right? Then he's just some guy from Chile running the dorm, but he invested his time into me. We spent 15 years together throughout my career. And we, even though I didn't play my senior year very much, even though my first three years of um, in the NFL as a ninth round draft pick, which they don't have anymore, the 14th quarterback that was drafted, first three years of practice, I didn't get a snap in practice, not games in practice. And we're talking about two minute situations and how to call your play in the huddle and how to communicate to your coach and how to get the plays that you want and how to how to act after an interception, how to act after a win. We're talking about moments that haven't happened yet, but we're working for the moment. And that grind, that uplift, like one day, yeah, I was going to go against Troy Aikman and John Elway and play maybe playing a Super Bowl. But everybody thought we were kind of goofy out there doing medicine balls and sand plyometrics before it's even happening now. Now people do that. <clears throat> we were ahead of our time, but the guy, Alex Serranos, he invested in me as a backup kid jumping rope that really was kind of left in the dark. So I'm thankful for him and got my mindset to ready to believe into the moment that uh, not just about my abilities, but to get the best abilities out of the play caller, the coordinator, the, the players around me and how to deal with different situations. So I'm thankful for Alex. My career doesn't happen without it. Yeah. And when you, when you get in inside the huddle, of all these different personalities and you're the one calling the play. Uh, I mean, it takes a lot upstairs to be able to stay poised in, in those moments and then look over the line and see all these number 54s ready to take your head off. So uh, I, I can only imagine uh, that having that sports psychologist there uh, helping you along the way, it, it got you ready for the high leverage moment. Take me inside that, that huddle uh, and maybe one of the, maybe one of the first huddles that, that you were the guy 
and then and then maybe the 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 juxtaposition of of that 2002 season when when you're bona fide and you're leading a team to the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, what's the difference between the first yep. one and, and the last one? Yeah, my my rookie year, I was a uh, 1992, a step in the huddle. Uh, the play was called um, Axe Double Right Spear Larry 735H Pump. Check with me. And I got into the huddle and I, I couldn't call the play. <laughs> oh. Couldn't call the play. And so after practice, there was a guy named Mike Tice, who later became my head coach at Minnesota. He's a tight end for us. And he called me <clears throat> after practice. He got me, kind of, kind of grabbed me by the face mask. And he said, son, don't ever step in that huddle. If you don't know how to call the plays, you don't know your job because we can't do our job and we don't believe in you. You got to make us believe, but you got to know the plays. And it's just, there's so many plays and concepts that took place at that time. I told you my time wasn't ready, but he got me. He got me. And so later in my career as a quarterback, you know, it's, it's not, it's so much more than just throwing spirals or just those kind of things, you know, but later in my, later in my career in the 2003 season with we win the Super Bowl, and it's like, you know, John Gruden's calling plays, uh, you shift green, left, west, F short, spire two, wide, and Z over, heads up for 359 smoke. Hey, heads up for H2 Miami or 58 Dolphin. Like, you, you got to call it. You got to mean it. It's got to mean something. And so when it comes from you verbally and, and you get the most out of those players and as a quarterback, you're managing the, you know, the prima donna receivers around you. Your line has to block for you. You're running back. Like, there's so many variables that take place, but you better have command of your huddle. And, and so kind of going back a little bit to my friend Alex, he said, Brad, why do you play the game? And then back in 1992, I was like, well, I, you know, I want to make it to the NFL. I want to be the starter. I want to, he said, well, what if you don't? Why do you play the game? I said, well, I, and I couldn't come up with an answer. And, and to be honest with you, you know, it took me a while to figure it out. And I called the two second, the two seconds. It is to call the play in the huddle. To get those guys, it's green right slot, ninety six Buster heads up for heads up for ninety six Seattle. Hey, hey, um, and then and then to to go up there and take the line to take the to make the mic call, and then to take the snap and drop back and give a play fake and, and then look off the linebacker and thread a, a dig route. It, it, it's it's giving somebody a high five after a first down. Those are two second moments to score a touchdown to hug somebody. Like those are the moments I call them two seconds. Like why do you play? for those moments of just putting that ball in your hand and to be able to, to throw it and to thread it and to be able to call the play. Like that's, that's what a quarterback is. And that's why I played and the enjoyment that I got from the game. Well, I think we just found out what your name of your book is two seconds, baby. Two seconds. Two seconds. I like that's it. Right. I like it. Oh, that, I mean, that's I'm, I'm time stamping those calls that you just made, you know, and you got Gruden in your ear telling you that, and then you're, declaring that play like that is a lot to deliver uh it in a in a loud uh in a loud forum and you know most of us don't know what it feels like so appreciate you uh, uh peeling back the curtain for us big bad brad chopper back to you yeah uh i want to touch on that a tiny bit i don't know football um but my eight-year-old is like a really good quarterback uh, and one thing I tell them all the time is like, Bo, be aware of your body. You know what I mean? Like, cause your teammates are going to feed off it. The opponent's going to feed off it. Like it matters, you know? So like, just carry yourself with that, like kind of humble swag, you know, uh, shoulders down, shoulders back, a little pep in your step. And like, 
these are little kids, you know, they're, they're, they're much easier uh, routes. They're calling Sally's this and Sally that just little short routes. And then he'll, he'll let it eat a little bit on a deeper route. Um, but like, dude, be mindful. You know, I, like I said, I don't know the game. I just know sports and I know energy. Um, but I love that you, uh, you had that impactful. Uh, you said his name was Alex. Is that right? Yeah. Alex Ronos. Yep. Yep. Dude, yep. that that's, I mean, and he's ahead of his time because everything he was touching on with you, like that's kind of what it, what it's all about now is like, I'm talking to some of my baseball kids, my high school kid. I'm like, yeah, you're in the gym a lot, but, but you can't push a power sled. You, you know what I mean? So it's like, are you a weightlifter or, yeah. or a Abercrombie and Fitch model? Or are you a ball player? You know, you got to yeah. be training the right way and for the right reasons. Yeah. Um, I love it. Uh, the question I have for you, because I have four, it's crazy. We have a lot of similarities. Uh, my wife was a national rank sprinter in college. So I've got this athletic. She's still our speed and power coach for our high school. She's has her own speed school. She's elite. Uh, and we have four boys. So uh, I want to get feedback from you to help me because they're a little bit younger. My oldest is in high school. My youngest is five. What are some things that worked for you as being, I'm their coach. I'm their baseball coach. Uh, so what are some things that worked? And maybe some things that if you had a time machine, not only would you bet on sports like uh, Biff from uh, Back to the Future 2 or 3, but what would you do differently? So what worked? And then what would something you'd be like, you know what? If I had to do it again, I probably would do this differently. Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I, I think as much as anything, I got to be thankful for my wife, Nikki. She was as heavily involved in our kids, not just sports, but like just being, honestly, being well-rounded kids and just, you know, encouraging being a, a good friend, a good teammate, uh, do well in school and those kind of things. You know, I, I, uh, I'm going I'm to kind of branch off a little bit before we kind of go into that. But I, I would tell kids, uh, parents, adversity's coming. <laughs> yeah. as much as we don't like it like and and so one of uh, my oldest son max he something happened in school and his grade he got a bad grade or something and, and he stood up he stood up when the teacher left or something he stood up and he was trying to keep everybody down and kind of got in trouble but but and he lost his grade or whatever but we didn't make a big deal about it like you broke the rule even though it wasn't his fault he's actually trying to calm it down but but accept responsibility and so for kids I really think make them make their own lunch. You know, if you're a kid, you go into a baseball game and they forget their baseball bat. Don't, don't put that bat in there. Don't put it in there. Let them miss the game. Let them, let them fail. That's what I'm saying. Let the kids fail, especially early. And then as it goes on, they won't make those same mistakes twice. If you keep recovering for them, then they expect that they just expect those kind of things. And, um, but I think, and I, and I think too, like, being consistent, like, you know, when, if, if they strike out, it's, <laughs> that's the adversity you're going to want later. And if you throw interceptions in football, that, that it's going to help you learn, for, never make the same mistake twice, but go through this now. And then later it won't be such a big deal, but let kids fail early in life. And when they become grown men, it's not such a big deal. That's, that's kind of changed the subject a little bit, but I, I really feel like I that's like it. important. Yeah. I love that. Oh, that's great. Um, what are some things that, that you found worked when you were coaching your boy? I mean, they're both, both playing college football. So when you're coaching them, what are some things that you're like, man, that, that really helped them? What was it? Maybe it was a, the vibe you set at practice or, or really like for some of us parents that are coaching our kids, how about the ride home after a tough game? Like, what, do, you, do you talk about that or do you just let that kind of marinate, give it a 24-hour period? Or, or do you go right into that coachable, like, Hey man, that happened there. I love you. 
What did you learn from it? Like, wh how did you navigate a tough game for your boys? Um, deal with it. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't want. I did not want. I did not want to like. It's not going to be just a, a call out session. Why did you do this? Why did you get picked off yeah. at first, man? Why did you take <laughs> the third strike? Like, dude, swing the bat. Come on. Like, no, I was never into that. I was going to encourage my kids regardless. Hey, that's tough luck, man. We'll get them next time. Like, I, I'm trying to be simple, but like, you know, because they, they can't be the pressure from the parent. It cannot be. And, and so a little bit, my kids are football players, okay? So my, my oldest son, Max, he's a quarterback. My younger son, Jake, he's a tight end. So it's easy for common language for Max to go through plays and to go through reads and go through those things. With my other son, Jake, I didn't know how to – I didn't know how to teach him to run routes or how to block or those things. But the, I think one of the most important things was being consistent as a dad, being there, just being there, always being there, be in the moment, be there for our kids, but not, but the other part, not idolizing, like we're going to celebrate like no other and go to Dairy Queen and have blizzards all day long after home runs. And then after we strike out, we're not going to go to blizzards. We're going to have blizzards regardless. You know what I mean? And, but yep. encourage them when those moments come, but then when they don't, then, Hey, it's, you got to go back and got to grind and those kind of things too. But I think just being a, a consistent in your voice um, over time is important. And um, that's, I think that's the, the key being consistent over time. I love it. Uh, the term I use with my kids that I coach and my, my children, it's my joy in you or your joy is detached from results. You know what I mean? Like you got to have that love of the game, that love of the grind. And I have that love in you regardless. I love that. My wife's favorite line is win or lose, we're going to Dairy Queen. So we're, we are aligned. Yeah. Big guy, Brad. I love that. We're getting blizzards regardless. I love I've had that. too many of them. That's it. Coach, coach ball game. What do you got? Well, I mean, I, that, that's something I take from my dad is uh, the, the two words that stick out uh, from him are red clay. Uh, he wanted me to be thinking about nothing but just red clay when it was game time, but he was always there uh, and, and, and he was always behind the left field fence in a lawn chair, drinking a wild cherry Pepsi, keeping score. Uh, but he wasn't idolizing every mistake. He wasn't idolizing every home run. He was there and he wanted to make sure that I was thinking about nothing, absolutely nothing. Not, not afraid of anything, just, just see ball, hit ball, red clay. Uh, and, and I'm so thankful uh, for that because I enjoyed the big moments and, um, one, I'd say one of your biggest moments other than the, uh, the wedding day and, and the birth of your kids was, was Super Bowl Sunday. And there's not a bigger moment, uh, in sports than, than that one right there. I just want to, I just want to hear what it was like. What was yeah. the day like, yeah. uh, what was, yeah. what was leading up to it, uh, uh, to, to kick off. We won the Super Bowl 2003. And in 1987, I'm trying to decide what sport I'm going to play, football or basketball, in high school. And that same year, 1987, the great Phil Sims, he beats the great John Elway in the Super Bowl. He goes 22 for 25. And after the game was over, he threw three touchdowns. And after the game was over, there's confetti falling on his face. And he said, I'm going to Disney. You know, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And, and so we were all saying, I'm going to Disney World. You know, kind of the next day in high school. And that's a pretty cool commercial, you know. And so – 16 years later, I've been through every adversity you can ever imagine. I've, I've, I've been had every high. I've had every low. I've done it all. And, uh, but in 2003, I've, put, I've been a part of some great teams, but we make it to the Super Bowl. 
And I remember I always slept good before games, to be honest with you. But this night I kind of woke up about two or three in the morning. My heart was pumping. I'm like, <laughs> it was a little bit different pump. It wasn't nervous. It was more of excitement. And, and so I woke up. I said, I got to go back to bed. And I remember driving, taking the bus ride to the game. And usually you got a little police escort. And I always kept my playbook in there. I'm reading it the whole way. And, and, but this particular day, I, it was different. There were, we were in San Diego, six lanes on this side, six lanes on this side, no car in sight, just a police escort, and we were riding. I put my playbook down. I said, today I'm going to enjoy the ride. And so we, we go to the Super Bowl, and I, I remember uh, Celine Dion singing God Bless America and the Dixie Chick singing um, the National Anthem. And I remember Don Shula and Bob Greasy and Larry Zonka, who I went and saw as a little kid play. Uh, they did the coin flip, and I'm thinking – you know, good gravy. I mean, how many times have I sat at my home with some eating chips and dip and watching the Super Bowl? Now, now the world is watching me. And so it was excitement, but it was also trust in my abilities, trust in my team. And honestly, it was, it was really just kind of a game that took place. And I remember in the third quarter, uh, John Gruden was calling to play as me, Keyshawn and, and John Gruden. And, and the play was far west right slot, far west right slot, X short, 200 jet smoke, X choice. And we're talking about it. And then Keyshawn goes, man, you smell that popcorn? You know? And, yeah. and, and John Green's like, yeah, that popcorn smells good, man. We got to have some of that. We, we got to win this game first, you know? <laughs> and, and, and so we won the game. We went 48-21. And, and after the game was over, um, I'm holding my son Max, who's two years old at the time. Nikki's she's seven and a half months pregnant with the other son, Jake. And doing a Disney commercial with, with John Gruden and confetti's falling on our face. And, and you got, you know, Queens playing with the champions of the world. Like, Oh man, this is it, man. Like all the above it's, 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 you pinch yourself to say you are part of it. You work for it. You got to have great teammates. And, and, and to be honest with you, you can become so selfish at that time. Look what I achieved and I did it. But then like, no, let me think back to, third grade coach Minnick and coach Silvers coached me on that football field and coach Airwood and coach coach Burroughs and coach Kenny Ford talking back to even playing football and my dad in the backyard, my mom at all the games. Like think about how everybody had, uh, it was about their moment too. And so it took a lot of people to sacrifice to give me what I was there at that moment, but it took everybody on that team, great coaches, great players, um, that went on that you can see their greatness too, but it takes all the above, but to have that one moment was, you know, it's incredible. Oh, it gets you emotional. Just thinking about that third grade teacher and that, uh, that, that first football coach, you know, I, it, 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 I'm sure it makes every listener think back to, to, to theirs. Mine, you know, I had, uh, I had a coach Cates who, who taught me to leave it better than I found it, you know, uh, and, and, a and a great theater uh, teacher in, in college that taught me how to listen. And, and you just, you have these, you have these little snippets of, of your mentors and, and people that you respect that when you get to that top moment, um, they're the ones that, 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 that help you uh, remember that they did that. You didn't, you didn't do that on your own. They helped you do that. And they helped you, uh, you know, be humble in that moment. So that's, yeah. that's really great. Uh, if you go to, if you go to Big Bad Brad's house and, and you, you look in the basement there, you've got framed photos of every NFL player I've ever heard of. And I love, I loved, thank you for taking me down there so I could see 
just some of the amazing moments. Um, uh, who are some of the, the favorite photos you've got down there that you've documented uh, in your man cave? Yeah, <laughs> I told you a little bit the truth too. So that I was good. I'll tell. I'll say that too here. But uh, <laughs> so, but in my man cave, it's 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 a it's the it's the the ultimate game room. Okay, so it's got all the games, but it's got all the pictures. And so one of the things I did from I always took pictures of players that I play with at Florida State in my college days, or friends of mine that were in the NFL from other teams or whoever it may be. So I mean. But I always, the funny thing about it, and I probably have, I don't know, there may, I'm looking at 200 pictures down there. It's crazy of going to the frame shop and getting all these things and then just putting them up on the wall. But they're very meaningful, very impactful for me. But I, and I'll tell a story I told you too, but like I took a picture of every quarterback after a game. If I beat them, I'd say, hey, let's get a picture real quick. You know what I mean? I was the one smiling, they were not. So I, <laughs> <Yeah>. wouldn't, necessarily, <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily get a picture if, if I lost, but uh, that was a funny thing. But but I, I do want to tell a story real quick, Coach Ball game of, you know, I got I did get benched in college, you know, and I got this friend of mine who's mentor who I met in, uh, in when I was in uh, eighth grade. He worked with my dad. My dad ran summer summer sports camps, sports Christian camps up in Ridgecrest, North Carolina. And uh, this guy named T.R. Robinson. And he just, still to this day, he sends me little notes or messages to this day. But I was going through a tough time when I got benched. And it was just, it was all respect, it just kind of happened, you know. But one of my ment one of my heroes at the time was a guy named Larry Bird. And I, I took my spring vacation. Um, most people go to the beach. Well, we, we, we took a tour of the um, basketball hall of fame. And we went up to the Boston gardens and snuck on the parquet floor and bought my 33 Jersey, you know? So my, but my friend, my friend TR, he met, he met Larry Bird and Larry Bird wrote me a letter. I wish I had it here for you, but basically the letter is just like, he's talking about himself when he got hurt and no one kept believing in him. The set and the skeptics come out and the fan, the naysayers and all that kind of thing. Just said, don't, don't fall into that trap. You know, keep believing in the process of working and keep believing in yourself. And uh, that's what I did. I still got the frame to this day. And uh, so I'm thankful for my friend TR to get a hold of my hero, Larry Bird. And I still got that frame on my wall. It, it meant a lot to me. And I tell people too, like nowadays, like we can send a text, it's real quick, but like, you know, send somebody a note, you know, send some, write a letter. It's really pretty cool uh, that people would do that now. And uh, so I'm thankful for that. My friend TR to, to, made that happen for me. It made a big deal for me to keep believing in my career. Probably it might have faltered a little bit, to be honest with you, if I didn't get that letter. I, I put that much stake into it. Yeah. As a coach, you know, we get a little too involved sometimes in the mechanics of things. And, and, and you know, where's your arm slot? And uh, where's your bat path? And how, how about, you know, how about where's your mental state? How's your mental health right now? Let's go that route. And, and that's the guy you're talking about right now. You know, uh, as, as good as the, the, the technical side of sports is, it's not what's most important. So you say it all the time, don't you, Chopper? Win the heart? Got to win the heart. And uh, <clears throat> I love that your man cave's filled with pictures because how we treat people and the relationships that we form, like that's – that's our legacy. You know, I think people get caught up in winning and losing and, and I'm sure you got everything that you should have in there that you won, uh, but you didn't forget the people along the way. Uh, and for our young athletes and coaches, like it is about that. It's about winning the heart. It's about forming relationships and winning the right way, uh, competing. Um, I love that. 
uh, question I have for you, and you can name, I'm sure you have a bunch, you had a super long career, but we talk a lot about being a founder or drain. So who are some fountains that stood out to you along your journey? You've already named a few. And if you just want to rename them, you can, but like these folks that brought that energy and that love that got you through those hard times. Yeah, I think, I mean, I just, I mentioned, I mentioned a few of, few coaches yep. I played for obviously my brother-in-law Mark Rick who coached me at Florida State and my you know still to this day someone you just look up to and totally respect you know yep. and obviously coach Bobby Bowden uh, for the way he ran his program and just he passed away you know a year and a half ago but like that's what you want to be a part of and say that's my coach and obviously I was thankful for Denny Green and Brian Billick and Norv Turner and uh, Tony Dungy and John Gruden, and Jason Garrett, Wade Phillips, like they, they gave me a chance. They believed in me. There's so many guys like that. And then some of my best friends, um, uh, Casey Weldon, who's my rival in high in college beat me out, but we're still, still great friends to this day, you know, and, and a lot of those guys were in my wet. And, uh, so I, I, you know, you can't really remember all the wins and losses, but you, you do, you do, you make relationships with people. And through the hard and through the good and the bad, like who's that person when it's all said and done? And do you still have those relationships today? So I think that was a big part of me. I'm just thankful for all those people that impacted my lives um, along the way. I love it. For our young athletes, man, that's it. Like that's, that's what it's about. Like you're going to be as good as you're going to get. Like you're, you're going to put in the work and God's giving you talent and all that good stuff. But like how are you treating your teammates? How are you treating your opponents? How are you treating folks that you don't really like a whole lot? Can you still show them that respect uh, and, and make sure they know that, you know, hey, hey, I don't I don't think too highly of you, but I respect you. Uh, and there's there's power in that. So, I mean, you're 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 something else. Big bad, Brad. I, I'm really yeah. enjoying getting yeah. to hear your story. dude. It's really cool. Coach Ballgame, what do you got? Well, let's go present day uh, in the NFL. Uh, who? Who stands out to you? Who, who do you love watching play the game right now? in uh, the National Football League? Well, I mean, obviously, I still marvel at Tom Brady, okay? Listen, he's done it he's 45 years old. Like, some reason, there's consistency. Somehow, he wins. Somehow, he does it wherever he's at. He makes others around him great. Like, some people hate him. Some people love him. I just, like, I marvel at what he's able to, to have done for this long and to still play and still have that passion. It's pretty incredible. But some young guys, you know, like, I, I really – you know, I mean, there's Josh Allen guy, okay, from mm. didn't get recruited out of high school and Wyoming. Like, where is that on the map? Like, what are we doing? Like, I don't I never saw the guy play and he was inaccurate and all these kind of personas about him. And then he goes to Buffalo. Like, when's the last time they, Jim Kelly, like, where, you know, it's been a long time, changed the culture. And just, it, it, it's, it's fun to watch people gravitate to somebody. And that's what I see the greatness in him. I see the greatness in Mahomes and Kansas City. Like, they, you know, they, they, it looks like it's fun. <laughs> winning, winning is fun. It is fun. It is. But when you put in the hard work, you surround yourself with other great players and coaches and like, and there's a theme like, okay, we got beat last week. We ain't, we ain't losing this week, like at that level, but it's, it's kind of fun, you know? And, uh, and some young guys, obviously, I, I, I really kind of, I'm, this kid named uh, Justin Herbert out of San Diego uh, yeah. out of, uh, for the, for the chargers, like, kind of just the low-key personality but very confident in himself and uh so it's gonna be fun the great the, the league's gonna it's gonna carry on for 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 a long time there's a lot of great young players coming up 
Um, you told me a, a good story uh, involving Tom Brady. Uh, I think this might have been 03. Uh, you had a quarterback challenge. And, uh, and, and uh, Chopper, I don't know if you remember watching those quarterback challenges, but I, I remember watching Big Bad Brad win one against Tom Brady and, and a bunch of other great quarterbacks. I think Gannon might have been in there. And, and you, got a, you got a secret. You got a story to tell about that, right? <laughs> I did. I did. So basically, the QB challenge, there were, there were going to be four events. And so they, there was a percentage. The first three events were counted 20%. So that adds up to 60%. But the last event is going to be 40%. And that, was, that was the money one. That was more money on that event. And if you won that event and you win the overall thing, it's a big cash day. So I got out there late the day all these quarterbacks went out there practicing. And so they were out there just chunking balls. But I figured out what this last event was. The first one, I couldn't win the long ball contest. So I wasn't going to win that. And then these, they got the golf cart things. You throw at those. I couldn't. I mean, that's a luck thing, to be honest with you. Like and the agility thing. I wasn't going to win the agility. So I could win that last event. So basically, um, you start in your own end zone. You got to do a five-step drop, throw an out, sprint up, and do a five-step drop, throw a curl, sprint up again, get the ball, run out, do a, a rollout, and then throw a corner, then sprint to the end zone, and then throw a fade. It's a, it's a 100-yard deal making these throws, but I kind of figured it out. So what I did was I dropped back, and I actually would throw it but not look at the guy catch the ball. I would just throw it to a spot and throw it real high. And then I'd sprint up and I'd, I'd, I did a snap count. I actually took like a, not a cheat step, but I kind of spun instead of going, it ended up being four steps instead of five. And then I would throw the curl and kind of loft it in there. And I sprint up and I throw the corn and loft it up. And then got to the last one, they had a, uh, a big wooden dummy out there. It was like 12 and a half feet high. And you had to throw this fade over that. Well, I kind of took an extra half step back and kind of lined it in there. And like, I won the point game. And so I won the money day. I outsmarted all the other quarterbacks. And then as you watched them, as it went on after years after that, they started doing the same. Whoa. They started doing Got the him. same thing that I was doing. So it was, it was, a, it was a fun day. And I say I was a champion at the quarterback challenge. It was kind of cool watching it as a kid and then actually getting it done. Man, awesome. getting it done. The, the attention to detail is what I've yeah. noticed. And in and, and every play call that you remember from 1996, you know, the, the attention to detail is still there and you're so sharp with that. And, I mean, that, that's one of the big ones I'm taking from this conversation, for sure. We're not going to keep you uh, 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 much longer, brother. It's a beautiful day there in Florida. Uh, you, might have to, you might have to hit some golf balls. But <laughs> you got to hit some balls. I, I didn't have a question. I had a trivia. I had one trivia question. You versus uh, Coach Chopper here. And, uh, I'm on a streak. Chopper, Chopper's on a streak. He just beat Jan Gomes in the trivia contest. But we just got one today. And as soon as you know the correct answer – just say it loud, and whoever says the correct answer first gets the W. But uh, Big Bad Brad became the first first player, first quarterback to ever throw a touchdown pass to himself. Since then, some other dude has done it. Who's the other guy? Marcus Mario. Bang. He's a, he's a <laughs> Tennessee Titans playing against Tennessee Chiefs. So Let's I win go. that. So there we go. You win. You know, there can only be one first, Chopper. Hey, I, hey, you know what? After hearing how you took down that QB competition, I knew I was in trouble, but yeah, sure enough. <laughs> Man, uh, I, I just want to thank you for, uh, for, for, A, coming on here and, and just spreading such good um, advice for, for these parents and coaches that are just trying to figure out how to navigate their kids and, and how to, 
how to be a good coach. And, and you've got such a passion for it. Uh, and, and I also want to thank you for just being a good friend to me and, and, and taking me under your wing and, and saying, Hey, uh, anytime you need something, well, let's have a conversation. I'm there for you. So, uh, as, as many kids as I coach, uh, I, I would, if I didn't call you big, bad Brad, I'd call you coach. Yeah. My <laughs> no, I, and I'll be thank honest you. with you, coach ball game, man. Like hey, when I saw all your videos and there were times I'm like, you really want to coach every kid. And there were times I'm going out to these football practices, and it's hot, like, nope, this kid needs to be coached. And I kind of would get inspired by doing it. Like, give that four-string quarterback a chance. Like, make a difference and give him that – That help him too. Help them yeah. all. And then the yeah. first string, he, he's going to get his reps. You're, you're going to yeah. still coach to win, but coach them all. And uh, that's that the greatest part, just watching it. And, and, you know, people do love nicknames. They really yeah. do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that ability to recall people's names and – you know, I think that's a greatness of people like this. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Like, call them by their name. Learn their name. Yep. Give them a nickname. Yep. However it is. You know what I mean? And that's a, that's a, that's a, that's part of coaching too that doesn't get talked about. And just the relationship part. It will. Those little nug. Everything matters. Everything matters. And if I think if all coaches and parents do it that way, then um, great things will happen. Regardless of the. Hey, you say that. Hey, so so you say that. So uh, I took this this job last year at this high school, this Christian school uh and poured my heart mind soul into into the kids and the field right so everyone's like well why do you care about the field i say because the way you do anything is the way you do everything i want these kids to know everything they do matters i want them to step on this field and be like wow you know what i mean exactly what you just said like we've lost that as a generation we're not passing yeah. that to the next generation everything matters if there's trash on the street pick it up if there's weeds yeah. in the divider freaking weed it yeah. Like, I love that. You're right. That's that. Oh my gosh. That's it, man. You're the best. Have yep. a great day. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate Thanks you. chopper. Thank you, man. I'm writing that one down. The way you do anything is the way you do everything. Uh, I really like that one. And, and Hey, listener, if you want to have a little fun, follow big bad Brad on TikTok and Instagram <sighs> because he got, he's got go. these trick shots. And I, I did a trick shot with him uh, when I was at his home and man, it, it, it's like nothing you've ever seen. Uh, and, and it, I know it keeps you active and it keeps you going, uh, athletically, but it's pretty amazing. The trick shots you do with a basketball and a football. So, uh, it, I, I love how you're staying in the game that way. It's fun to watch. So, uh, Hey, add a boy, uh, uh, big bad Brad, AKA my personal coach. And, um, uh, we'll be, we'll be in touch soon, brother. Good luck to your boys, too. You too, Chopper. Looking forward to hearing about Appreciate all four you. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. That was awesome. Right. That was awesome. Well, there you go, man. Wow. You know, there, we, I mean, we, we, had great a energy, world, huh? we had a World Series champion today, and then we had a, a Super Bowl champion uh, right after that. I mean, what Chopper, what do you take from, from uh, the advice from Big Bad Brad there? I just love that. He, I mean, you, you could tell by talking to him, he could have done anything he wanted. He could have been a, he could have been a, a college coach, an NFL coach. I absolutely been on TV, but he chose his family. Uh, he chose his kids and his wife. Uh, and I like that. He said he, he loves him and he likes him. Um, <laughs> I mean, just awesome. Like great energy, a, a tremendous fountain. Uh, and he's impacting lives, man. He's impacting the next generation and he's showing them, He's not just talking about it. He, he's being about it. I loved it. That was great.
Yeah, and uh, 63rd all-time in career passer rating, higher than Aikman, higher than Moon. I mean, he he was a player too. So uh, loved uh, loved having him on. And listener, um, man, spread spread these conversations around. Spread them to your to your uh, teammates and and the parents that are on your team. And just say, hey, I mean, they they're not talking about the X's and O's as much as they're talking about character and they're talking about fun and little by little. Um, you know, all that yelling at umpires and, and pushing kids away from the game, all of that stuff um, will dissipate, you know, but it's, it's not going to happen overnight as we have seen. Um, so uh, love that. What a great day. And we got another doubleheader wow. next week uh, with uh, the man, the myth, the energetic legend, Nick Swisher, and then back that up with even more energy from Jesse Cole, the uh, uh, the author uh, of, of a couple of books and the the founder and owner of the Savannah Bananas, man, and they just uh, released their schedule for 2023. They're going on tour uh, like Barnum and Bailey Circus, and and they're going to bring fun to baseball in like 30 different cities. So uh, he so cool. is going to be very, very, uh, very interesting, fascinating for me to talk to because. He wakes up every morning and before he consumes anything, he creates 10 things. He writes 10 ideas down um, before he consumes food, social media, anything. And, and that's why um, <laughs> that's why he's created what he's created, you know. So yep. anything to close up shop here, my brother? Greatness doesn't happen by accident. Greatness is forged through intent. Right. And uh, and that's like you're talking about the owner of the Savannah Bananas, like, OK, he came up with something like that wasn't just a fluke. Uh, you know, he was intentional. He, he, he woke up every day and still doing it. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to throw 10 things off the wall. And if one thing sticks a month out of 300 plus ideas, we're on to something. So, uh, you know, how many bad ideas he came up with before he came up with some good ones? A plenty. But he didn't let that affect uh, what he's doing. So I can't wait to talk with him especially having played a full season at Grayson stadium, uh, home of the Savannah bananas. Like, uh, I mean, shoot, I, I, 2003, I was there. So that'll be cool to talk about that. And I, I hope he, he fixed up the home clubhouse. That thing was brutal back then. Got, <laughs> got MRSA. I got MRSA from that, <laughs> from that, from that washing machine. So, uh, I'm really excited. And Nick Swisher, I mean, say less, like, talk about a fountain so i mean that smile i'm gonna be thinking about that smile all week of, of nick swish so that'll, that's right that'll be great coach yeah thank, good on for you a, for getting some awesome guests high energy day uh next tuesday but i'll drop both of these podcasts uh today or, or tomorrow at the latest and um we'll keep it rolling we'll keep raking Spread the word so. jump on patreon hey a nice thing to rake would be jumping on patreon take care of your boys take care of tommy gold uh, and, and spread the love. Let us know you appreciate it, man. We're, uh, we're pouring our heart and soul out here and that'll help, uh, help keep the lights on for sure. So we appreciate y'all. Don't forget to rate coach ballgame. You're the best. Bang. Bang. <laughs>